What will it mean if Offaly can win a third McCarthy Cup on Sunday? It mean a hell of a lot of drinking, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> His father, Brendan, was a champion Gaelic football, part of the All-Ireland Championship team in 1982. And oh, a magnificent spot! Billy Julie! But certainly, as a naughty man, I don't think anybody gives note about all players. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time of day it is, welcome to episode 24 of We Are Offly. My name is Kevin Egan and I'm delighted to have you on board once again for this week's episode as we face into last chance saloon for both our hurlers and our footballers. One way or another, regardless of what happens in Parnell Park on Sunday afternoon, our hurlers are going to be done for the year. There won't be any more senior hurling action whether they win, lose or draw in Parnell Park. But the crucial difference in that game is whether or not we'll be actually in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship next season. Of course, there's still a chance that Kerry could win the Joe McDonough Cup and give off the reprieve. But based on results so far, that looks unlikely. It looks like it's going to be as simple as this. Kevin Martin's side are going to have to pick up a win in Parnell Park to keep their Leinster Championship place alive. I'll be talking to my regular guest, Brian Gavin, former Ireland hurling referee, and uh, as Joe Troy referred to him on Twitter, Clara Reserve goalkeeper. I wouldn't like to get involved in stuff like that, but I'll be having a chat with Brian very, very shortly. However, before I do that, I'd just like to introduce this conversation with David Mohan of We Are Antrim. This is obviously in response to the qualifier draw, which was made on Monday morning this week, where Offley were given, let's be honest about it, a pretty much as good a draw as they could have hoped for with a home tie against a Division 4 side, which is the Saffrons. Now it has to be said, probably fair to say that Antrim were pretty happy with the draw too, and I explored all this with David as we looked ahead to the game, which has since been fixed for Saturday evening. This is Saturday the 9th of July at 6pm in Bordnamon O'Connor Park in Tullamore. Delighted to be joined by David Mohan of We Are Antrim. Um, David, I have to say, people reacted to the qualifier draw on uh, yesterday morning to say, yeah. down in Offaly, the, the view is that, okay, this is a game we actually might win. I'm going out mm. on a limb and saying, I'd say there's a similar reaction around about the street to West Belfast around now. I would say so. Um, it's one of those draws where it, it could have been a lot worse for Antrim. You know, you could have ended up with a mail or through there. Offaly, we don't have a great record against in recent years, especially then. In Tullamore, um, last year's league kind of testament to that. But yeah, it's a game that you know it could definitely could have been a lot worse for Antrim, and one that might kind of help focus players' minds again. They think that maybe right a few wrongs really from Saturday evening there, and it's a game that they can think they could possibly win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Saturday evening, I would have said from the outside looking in, I would have said mm-hmm. your game against Down. Okay, yeah, you were going up a couple of divisions. But the other yeah. side of that is there was the local derby aspect and there also yeah. was the fact that, I mean, Down certainly weren't in a good place either after being relegated in the spring. Probably was a sense of opportunity lost there, maybe, am I right in saying? Absolutely, yeah. You know, we went into the game disappointed not to come out of Division 4 in the league this year. That was imperative. Really thought that was something that could have been achieved. It wasn't to be in the end. Um, a draw against Wicklow really was 
put us in the back foot. But going to Down, yeah, they've had their woes as well. Missing a lot of players doing Saturday evening there. I'm kind of thinking, you know, Antrim get a good start to this game, which they actually did. They did a very good over the five minutes. They put down in the back foot, but things just unraveled badly just as the first half progressed. Um, Kickouts were poor from Chris Kerr. I think he, not a lot he could have done really, conceding possession to down and really let them back in the game and let them build ahead of steam. And from that, we were always chasing it, especially the goal before half time was just, that was a good night, Vienna. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, from an outsider looking in, I would always have looked at Antrim and I'd look at the personnel available and I'd say, there's a lot of these guys here and you look at what they've done at Sigerson and yeah. I said, these guys can actually play ball. And I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and certainly I would certainly draw the contrast with a team like Carlo at the moment, particularly Carlo without Brendan Murphy. And these yeah. aren't exceptional footballers. I mean, I would say player for player in terms of raw ability, there's nothing between them. But yes, when you look at where the two teams are at at the moment, there's a big gap between them. I mean, what's happening in Antrim, and more importantly, from an awfully point of view, is there much chance of yeah. swinging around in advance of next Saturday evening week? To be honest, you know, when they came on Saturday, thinking um, defensively were quite good, but I say things kind of really went apart. The management, new management team in place this year, Lenny Harbinson, gave us the goals of the 2010-11 club title. Um, players rave reviews going from from the players really about training, children in the wheel, great setup, everybody was thrilled. And for whatever reason it just didn't happen on Saturday. And then he kind of there's no real stone left unturned. He's a he's a very good background team in with him. Um you know, we just can't really understand put the finger on what just happened. Maybe it was just one of those nights when Antrim conceded one eighteen was weren't expecting that whatsoever. The players all seem happy, everything Seems there is a bit of a, a bit of unity there, but for just whatever has happened, it just hasn't quite happened really for this this year as yet, you know. And well, we've got a big opportunity now next weekend to try and turn that around. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, again, for pe- for awfully people who mightn't be as familiar, I mean, look, the, the the only the most recent experience we have of playing Antrim is a game, as you say, in last year's Division Three, which yeah. was. A, a strange game in the sense that Antrim absolutely didn't turn up for that one. Um, yep. And, and when you look at Offaly losing, they lost the game immediately before that one, and they lost the three games after it. So yeah. it wasn't that we were in spectacular form or anything like it. Talk to me about where are the strong and weak points of this Antrim team. Where would they be looking to kind of impose themselves and, you know, kind of compete strongly yeah. with a, a weak Division Three side? And where are the areas where maybe, you know, where you would be worried? Well, Antrim, you know, they considered one goal in the National League. That was the, that was the Carlo. You know, so defensively, they've actually been quite sound. You know, um, considered another goal there on Saturday evening as well. But I don't know. I think it was just one of those things. Going forward is always a bit of a problem with Antrim. Just getting scores on the board has always been something of an issue, whether it be wayward shooting or getting into the right positions. Um, I just think that maybe the team was wrong on Saturday evening, you know. Playing it sort of now on Kiever, kind of full fo- but full forward. We'd maybe look like at maybe smaller, quicker guys on the ball, like Ram Murray. No CJ McGordy, he's gone for international. He would have been one of the go-to kind of score getters in the team. He's not there at the moment, but there is plenty of talent there. You know, there there are good footballers. And Matthew Fitzpatrick, a Sigerson Cup winner, Paddy McBride, a few rumours that he could hurt the club game there on Saturday and Sunday afternoon. So he might be a bit of a doubt for it, um, which would be a massive loss really for Antrim. Mm. Chicken free, even from playing very direct, you know, um, but. 
if really if Antrim was cohesive going forward, it's always been a bit of a problem, and it's actually sustaining and maintaining attacks because the longer you defend, the longer you're not really having the ball, and that tires teams out. You know, when you're constantly chasing the game, chasing the game, you're gonna to have to start leaving some gaps, and that's where you get exploited. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, looks into the. I suppose if I was to if I was to draw a comparison between the two, obviously Offaly's defeat mm-hmm. to Wicklow, you know, it, 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 we, the whole country knows about the fallout from that afterwards. Yeah. I mean, for me, there was at the game the standard of football was extremely poor. There was a huge amount of mistakes on either side. People looked at the final score. I think one twenty to one fifteen or something at the end. And they yeah. Said, oh, there's a lot of scores there, but it was sure. very very poor stuff. The only difference is that. There has been a, a, a kind of a purge and a transformation since. Now, obviously, that yeah. transformation hasn't been tested on the field, but we mm-hmm. have seven or eight guys that have been called back into the squad. You have a completely new management team. Yeah. So that, I suppose at least there's a chance, there's a, some sense of pressing the reset button. Is that yeah. is that something that you feel is necessary in Antrim, and is it something that's likely to happen? At the minute, I think what we have, we have at the moment. I don't see there being any great changes, really. Um, you know, there was nobody really missing the other night. We can't really say it. You know, we're down a couple of players. We weren't. You know, we're going to miss Ricky Johnson the next day. He's he got a red card for a pretty silly challenge. And Johnny Flynn, you know, I don't know what he was thinking about. Um, say McBride, maybe a bit of a doubt. I really can't see there being too many changes, really, to the, the team that played. The back six really has kind of picked itself all year. Mm. Um, and I said, has been pretty solid. It's maybe an attack. Would he maybe go for the likes of Stephen Beatty around midfield? He's been in great form for his club, Rosa. Um, maybe we'll give the likes of Mohan Eastwood. It's great for scores for Sinan as well. He's not really proven at county level. A couple of those had to make come in, but I can't see there being any additions to the panel really at this stage. One or two positional changes, maybe an attack. Um, Old Brown McKeever getting up and run out as he did. He wasn't great in Saturday the way he was in different part of the league. I really just see maybe an attack and maybe you have to juggle things about a bit if they're actually going to do anything, but I can't see there being any great changes. I just don't think that there's any harms in the way. He's carried a very small panel this year on purpose. He says he wants to stay at 26 and that's he's happy. He doesn't want to extend his 35 and all the rest of it. So he kind of laid out his cards really there and he says what I have I haven't going to work with. So well, it's hope, hopefully that maybe flares will find an extra gear maybe come out the next day. Mm. And I suppose, you know, it was, it was this phone call was always going to end like this. What's your final verdict? Are you as an Antrim man, are you confident you'll come away with the win? Um, I would be more hopeful and confident that the tell you the God's honest truth. Um, I just think there might be a bit of a kick and awfully really with the change in the management, the new players coming back in, and a bit of um, you know, it might galvanise them a bit more. Antrim. That's going to take a lot out of Neil and you know. You have a cable return it round. You saw it a couple of years ago. We went to Port Leash and beat Leash in the first round of the qualifiers. How was that, that game? Um, yeah, remember it well. Yeah, our record isn't great in Tullamore. It's all about last year. I remember a few years ago. It was more of the winner take all division, division four game. I think actually on Easter Sunday we lost down below there as well. Um, I would travel more in hope and confidence really next week. To be quite honest. Well, I have to say, as as an Aussie man, I'm delighted to hear that. That's exactly the kind of that's exactly the kind of lack of confidence I was looking for from you, and it is. Uh, I'm sure that we are awfully listeners will be delighted to hear it as well, David. Absolutely, can... no pressure on him now. All on, on yourself, right then. <laughs> I I don't think there'll be a huge amount of pressure exerted from this particular uh, from this particular conversation. Somehow, much and all as I'd yes. like to believe that I have that much influence. 
Uh, I think um, reality tells me otherwise. But uh, sure. all I can say is I'm hugely grateful for the insight and thanks very much for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. And that's the Antrim take on the first round draw in the senior football qualifiers. But now, without further ado, here's this week's discussion with Brian Gavin as we talk about what can only be described as an utterly, utterly dismal Saturday evening in Tullamore. Has to be said that Wexford's performance was superb. I was hugely impressed with the model county um, in an All-Ireland hurling race where it seems like Galway are absolutely miles ahead of the pack. We're getting pretty close to the stage where you could say that Wexford aren't far off number two. But having said that, that still doesn't account for the absolute gulf that there was between Wexford and Offaly at, let's be honest about it, an Offaly home game. We also touch on results for some of the Offaly underage teams and more important, and as well, not more importantly at all, but and as well, discussing that football qualifier draw against Antrim. Brian, uh, when we ended our conversation last week, we were you know, quietly optimistic of at least a decent performance in O'Connor Park on Saturday evening. Fair to say we didn't get that. No, um, actually total shock nearly. I was definitely one that was shocked. I think the players, management, supporters, like it was a game we probably felt we had a chance in for a, for a couple of reasons. One, that we hurled reasonably well against All-Ireland Champions Galway. Um, you know, we, we had them down to four or five pints with 15 minutes to go. And then we hurled through Kenny who were the league champions, and we had them down to three points with seven or eight minutes to go, you know, and they were after beating Wexford comfortably in the, in the league set quarter-final, I'm nearly certain. Mm. So then Wexford went on and were actually lucky to get over Dublin. So one would presume coming into last week, look, this is a game we have some sort of a chance in, but it never materialised, and from the word go, the minute they got the first goal from Conor MacDonald, our heads just completely dropped, and uh, we never got back into the game at any stage, and unfortunately it then went from bad to worse, because we ended up finishing, you know, with 12 men, but a complete shock, to be honest with you, Kevin, I think, for everyone in Offaly, because uh, we had made progress, there's no point in saying we hadn't, and things were looking not too bad, you know, but really, really disappointing afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon, you know. Absolutely, I mean, a lot was made, as you said, that the, the finishing with 12 men and so on. But, I mean, we shouldn't forget here that, I mean, Sean Gardner was the first of the three to go shortly before half time. That was conceding the second penalty in a row. And if I'm not mistaken, when that penalty went in, that left something like 12 points in it, something yeah. in that ballpark. So, I mean, long before there was a numerical disadvantage, this game was gone. What struck me in a big way was that unlike Galway and Kilkenny, where I'd say whether it was gearing themselves towards later in the campaign, whether it was maybe not taken awfully as seriously as some other teams did, Wexford were tuned in for this one. I mean, the pace and intensity they brought was, to me, was even far in excess of anything we saw from Galway or Kilkenny. That's not to say that the ability was the same, but they were tuned in as if this was an All-Ireland final for them. They were genuinely concerned and... You know, that's worrying in itself that this was a team at full pelt and we weren't able for them at all. Yeah, well, a couple of things on that, like, the pace and power was just unbelievable of Wexford. Like, I didn't, I knew, like I said it last week, to have five, six, seven, eight decent, uh, decent hurlers. But the pace they operated at, and, you know, there's a few factors in that, uh, the strength and conditioning. Like, they're probably two or three year into a serious program, maybe even four year of strength and conditioning and pace, like, 
everyone knows they train 28 or 30 days around January. So that just tells you the effort. And, you know, it goes to the modern game that young lads and lads still like to train 28 days or 30. They got to that level. And we know the Dublin hurlers train twice some days, once in the morning, mm-hmm. once in the evening. So that's the commitment they were at, you know. And they just overpowered us in every... And I knew... Uh, when Paul Morris, after getting the first goal here in McDonald, Paul Morris got a ball and he went for a pint. And you could see David Fitzgerald roaring at him. He wanted him to take on his man. And they wanted to put Hawthrey out of the game early. They didn't want to give them a chance, you know. And they were going for goals early because they probably felt the longer off he'd stay in the game, the more uncomfortable it would be for them. But uh, they were ruthless. They showed Hawthrey huge respect with the way they came prepared, the way they started the game, and the way they finished the whole game. Like the subs they were on, even accounted for maybe one six or one seven at the end as well. So, like from the word go, Wexford were ruthless and they showed off a huge respect, you know. And that's a testament maybe to the belief Davy Fitzgerald has these lads. The only thing I'd say for Wexford going forward in the next two or three years, how you know how long can you keep that going, that relentless training and pace and that. So it'll be interesting to see how many years he gets out of them players. But at the moment, they're they're serious contenders after what I saw Saturday night. Well, that's it, because, I mean, if we step back from Offaly for a moment, you look at Galway's performance, and it was a lot closer to what we saw from Galway in August and September of last year. It was very, very impressive. I mean, there seems to actually have been a gulf opened up between Galway and the rest of the pack, because right now there's nobody that you'd say is within five or six points of Galway. You could even make a case that the likes of Wexford and Limerick are as close as contenders as anyone that's out there at the moment. Yeah, and that's the problem for Wexford or Limerick Grenadines teams that have a bit of space at the moment or time. They won't get too much space again, Galway. Like, Galway just starting to come. Now, I still think Wexford this weekend will really rattle Galway down to Wexford Park. That, I think, will be a close enough game. You know, there'll be a, that'll be a full house, especially Wexford after winning their two games. And, you know, there's a good bit at stake here now that you can get to the potential Leinster final. If you win that, you're in an All-Ireland semi-final. And it saves you going. You know, if you're in third place in Leinster, you're into a preliminary quarter, or preliminary round and then you're into a quarter final if you were successful there. So there is still a bit at stake uh, with two games to go. But, um, you know, just Wexford won't get the space that they got uh, Saturday evening, you know, because our lads were just off the pace. And look, we might touch on it for a minute, whether it's strength and condition or not. I don't think Emma Deegan, our strength and conditioning coach, was over happy last year with Kevin Ryan. He didn't really uh, get to do what he would have liked to do and he probably should have because that's his role. But, uh, I'd say also it's just a start now a process that's going to take a good few years to get up to that level you know and we we have started that process but as you can see from Saturday evening it's a long way to go Absolutely to kind of follow on from that a bit like if you're going to develop a process we look, we look at next week's game in Dublin against Dublin shortly but stepping back for a minute if you're going to try and develop a team like that again crucial is getting buy-in from everyone involved to get lads to commit to it that was Kevin Martin's big trump card at the start. He got guys back involved. I don't know, is it fair to say we're seeing a few cracks appearing in that now in that players seem a little bit more unhappy with some of the selections that's going on? And one thing which kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit, um, Kevin Dunn's selection as at corner forward. Now, I have to say, he certainly held his own. He wasn't, he wasn't one of the weaker performers from an awfully point of view by any stretch of the imagination. But... I just found it, I, 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 I'm thinking that a player, some of the players that play football as well might find it a little galling that they were told not to miss one 
for not to miss one challenge match or two challenge matches on account of playing club championship football. You know, or to be more accurate, they were told that they would lose ground if they took part for their clubs in the club football championship. And yet here you go, a starting place being given to a guy who wasn't even on the panel until the start of April. I mean, that you know, if you're some of the guys that maybe didn't play club football on account of that, I'm guessing that's not going to be a decision that would be easy to take now. No, it's not. And I suppose he came in after the first round of the Hurling Championship, roughly around early April. And, you know, he was probably a bit unlucky he wasn't called in from the world goal because... Kevin Dunn had a fine year last year for Clarine, you know, and he was definitely one of the better men in O'Connor Park in the semi-final last year against St. Rhinus. So it was probably strange that he wasn't on the panel from the world go. Uh, they went and looked at a couple of club championship matches and probably saw he was progressing well. And, you know, as you said, it happened in the football too when Rory McNamee came home from Australia. You know, lads that are training and there since October, November, it's not nice to see a fellow maybe coming in this time of the year and getting a run. But as you said, he more than held his own. But it does cause a little bit of friction among one of our panel members, you know. And I suppose the big thing from the management's point of view, we just haven't got a settled team at the moment that we've chopped and changed now nearly in three games, mostly in the half-forward line, maybe even cornerbacks, wing-backs. You know, we just haven't got a settled team at the moment. And, you know, they're trying to probably pick horses for courses. And it just completely backfired their night, you know, with some mm-hmm. of the selection they made. But um, Kevin Dunn, as you said, held his own, but it would cause friction in the camp, that's for certain, because there was even some lads that didn't make the panel at the weekend, you know, like Keelan Kylie and that. So, you know, it's just hard to know what, what's going on. But in saying that, it's still great to have 34 or 5 on the panel and they're, they're all training, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think in this day and age, you know, particularly at this time of games coming thick and fast, you need to be able to hold a, a, an internal game among yourselves, you know, so you need that numbers on the panel. But just, I, I just, I, I was surprised. I mean, I, I do accept completely there was a horses for courses element. In particular, I also thought Brendan Murphy's selection at wing forward, you know, clearly designed almost as a defensive manoeuvre to try and yeah. contain Dermot O'Keefe. You know, I'm not necessarily sure that worked out hugely. O'Keefe didn't dominate the game or anything like it. But similarly, I mean, we had a forward who didn't make any kind of contribution in an attacking sense. So, I mean, where does that leave you going into a game against Dublin? Do we like surely at this stage, you know, do you do you still try and kind of look at okay, what do we do to counteract Liam Rush? What do we do to counteract you know Crummy's playing very well in the half back line? Is, is, do we try and counteract Dublin or do we say, look, at this stage it's just one game left, let's just throw everything we have at them or how do you go about it? Yeah, well, I suppose just to finally finish up on Saturday, the, the, the disappointing thing and, and you know, when you're on the comp- core commentary it's it's not easy because you're so frustrated as, a, as an awfully supporter. And, but we were five, ten yards off Wexford players. At least if we'd done the bare minimum what you required nearly even in a club game that you go with your man no matter where he goes you're nearly taking over his jersey, you're that tight to him, you're glued tight. But we were just lost the other night all over the place. And the first few attacks we got the other night were all down on top of Joe Bergen. We never hit a low one down into Kevin Dunn or Shane Dooley, you know. And you need to vary your game. Now, maybe the backs were under savage pressure just to deliver the ball and take the pressure off. But it's just, you know, we don't seem to sort of have a plan A or B at the moment. But that was going on the other night. But... Um, it's it's going to be a real different game now in Parnell Park, which actually might just suit awfully bit, would you believe, for the simple reason the tighter pitch, and you know you'd have to get your match up there. You, you one would say that 
Sean Gardner was carrying an injury that night and probably the vice could have taken him off after he got received his first yellow because he was already carrying a knock. So you might think Dermot Short might be stronger and more able for Liam Rush. You might think Colin Egan might be able to curtail Crummy to a bit. So I'd say if you go and get your matchups right against Sunday, um, you could have some sort of a chance. But how Kevin picks the lads up now with training this week, both mentally and physically, will be a huge test. And, you know, we can say to the lads this week, like, this is their last real throw that I give it everything. It might be enough, but in saying that, Dublin, after having a week off, they're going to be fresh enough. Don't forget, as we said it three weeks ago on this podcast, Dublin have improved considerably from the league. You know, they've welcomed back players. The, the, the training, the amount of training they've done has been phenomenal, something like Wexford. So they're going to be as fit as anyone out there at the moment. And we saw how close around Wexford. So we really have an uphill battle on our hands this Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I'm finding it hard to see optimism. I'm just looking, even thinking from, as you say, the human factor, A, recovering from the mental blow that was last Saturday night because it'll cause a lot of players to question themselves both individually and as a collective in terms of what are we doing here? You know, am I not good enough? Are we not good enough? And then on top of that, you have the physical fatigue, which won't be helped by the fact that as things stand, um, you know, you're down two players in the sense that Ronan Hughes and Oshin Kelly got straight red cards. Now, I'm not aware of any appeals or anything going on there. I suspect the Ronan Hughes... Yeah, they're only using half the appeal, you know, because <clears throat> we're just looking back at the video there in the last hour there, and James McGrath issued a straight red card to Kevin Dunn. Now, he didn't mm. take his name, which is strange. James has a habit of that just issuing a yellow card and a red card and didn't get their names. You're always better off to get the name first. But it, panic sort of him then when Kevin Dunn says it couldn't be me and whatever. So he was after showing Kevin Dunn a straight red card, but when Ronan Hughes uh, came over then as well, mm. Uh, obviously, whatever chat James McGrath had with a couple of Offaly players, he changed his mind and gave a straight red card to Ronan Hughes. And when you look at the video, Ronan Hughes taps the keeper in the hand from behind, no different than we saw in Salt Hill yesterday on Parik Mannion from Martin Kjorgan. And Kevin Dunn has left his hurl in at the front, hasn't contacted, he's only contacted the keeper's hurl, he hasn't even made contact with the hand. So you'd be very hopeful from an Offaly point of view that you would win the Ronan Hughes appeal. I don't think to be appealing that Bushing Kelly won video evidence wouldn't be clear enough so he seemingly pushed the hurl into the face I didn't see it but that's what we're hearing and uh, it looks like the Ronan Hughes one that might be one but the other two players or the other player uh, wishing Kelly won't be won't be off for Sunday mm, yeah just and again not to be kind of disappearing on a tangent but there's no point having a multiple All-Ireland final referee and not asking the question a couple of people on Twitter making reference to Dotty Burke's challenge in Salt Hill um, where he kind of left the ground a little bit. Um, you know, there's there's been a few people saying that he's got away very, very light there. That was a particularly dangerous one. Any thoughts on that one, or did you get a chance to see it? Yeah, I was looking at that, and, you know, that's where people get frustrated, and, you know, even every referee is a different style, but, you know, for Ronan Hughes to be sent off, and then Martin Kogan not to be sent off, you know, which is, in my opinion, were two yellow cards. Uh, obviously, Ronan Hughes got a red, which was disappointing, but the Dahi Burke one, really, he had no intent to play the ball. Luke Scanlon is small enough. If he was taller, he definitely would have cleaned him into the chest. And in football, it's a black. In Hurland, it's a yellow. And But if it's considered dangerous enough, which probably yes, is one, uh, as we'd say in the seminars on Crow Park, it'd be an orange. It'd be sort of borderline on red, yellow. No one would have complaints if you give a red card to Dahi Burke. And he was very fortunate to stay on the pitch. Likewise was Garod McInerney for his second frontal charge 
on uh, Walter Walsh. Uh, Joe Canning got booked in the same instance. So it's, it's the inconsistency which people do, you know, get annoyed about, and, and that's why maybe they take the Twitter, you know. Mm, absolutely, yeah. No, I just, I suppose, I mean, I, I, I'm conscious of the fact the last time I played an adult hurling match was uh, Dublin Junior Division Q. So, I mean, it's a, a, a very uh, a very different environment. But I know from, from the little bit of play, and I would have done... Like the, a challenge like that would always make you wince a little bit because you know, okay, that could do damage as opposed to a lad swinging a hurl across you, which might be a more obvious raid, but at the end of the day, that probably won't do as much damage nine times out of ten. Yeah, but it was, as you said, you know, if you, if you, if you really caught him on top of the head, you know, you'd have no choice to do your raid. He just caught him nearly around the neck to the chest, but he was a borderline decision for Fergal Horgan, and as I said, if, if he issued red, not too many would have complaints about it, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Final verdict on Dublin, have we any chance, slim chance, or where where, where do you feel we are going into the game in Parnell Park? Yeah, it's going to be very difficult, as we said, uh, to pick these lads up now, mentally, physically. But, look, maybe it's the same as thing, maybe of a dying wasp, whatever term we want to use, there might be just one big kick in this team. You know, we know that, as Kevin Martin alluded to in his comments after, these lads have trained too hard now to let it slip or just let it go by the wayside. So I will presume whatever little bit they've left in the locker or the tank, they'll empty it in Parnell Park. In fairness to the players, they haven't let anyone down on their effort and commitment. You know, maybe it's just a lack of hurling ability has caused out in games, and maybe our speed compared to the Wexfords and teams like that that we've already seen has caused us huge problems. But I, I can definitely see us being competitive because I don't think Dublin are a team they usually play with the sweepers so they're not a team that might put you away early you know so the longer we probably stay in the game the more belief we might get our belief was gone after six minutes the other night when Wexford got the second goal so if Offley can just stay in the longer they stay in this game the more belief they might get and again if they get their matchups right by targeting the best Dublin players and try and get the better of them there you know, we'd have some sort of a chance, but it's going to be an uphill battle in Parnell Park, that's for certain. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I'm struggling to muster up optimism. I mean, I will say one of the things I would always associate with Offaly Hurling teams is that they have had down the years an ability to shake off a very bad day far more than anyone else and just kind of tug out the next day as if it nearly as if nearly it didn't happen. You know, I mean, our, our, some of our best teams and even some of our weaker teams over the last 30 or 40 years have kind of sort of been able to say, oh, last week, what's that? Sure, that's that's a world away. But having said that, I mean, the, I just think the physical fatigue is wearing on them. And as you say, when you're when you're three games in and you're still so uncertain, I mean, the, could we name three, four guys that we could guarantee and say that player will start in that position? I think that leaves you in a very, very weak state going up to a team, play a team like Dublin. I suppose the one thing that, that management might be able to do this week, and they probably won't do it, is just, you know, a thought I had, is show, show them a good view video clips of the league game we beat in Dublin, and that might just give them that little bit. Hold on here now, we're as good as them. Now, we know Dublin were missing a good view that night, but just little things like that that might just give them that bit of a lift, you know. But I'd still say there might be some, you know, there is, as Kevin will have alluded now this week to him in training, he's going to really have them fired up for this, and he's going to tell them, you know, this is it now, lads. It's sort of shite now. We've got half the pot, as, as we call it. So, mm. you know, let's just give it whatever to have Sunday. Empty it. It's our last game of the year. Uh, we've nothing to lose. And, you know, just go at Dublin from the world, go and try and compete whatever way you can with them. But uh, from a bookie's point of view and a neutral's point of view, Dublin will be hot favourites for this game. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I say that as a former bookmaker, I, I yeah. fully expect the line to be pitched in the kind of 9-10 country. Um, yeah. Given what's happened, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's any different. Um, I suppose if there was a, a, a chink of light over the weekend, um, the you know the minor hurlers picked up another win. Um, possibly not as impressive as they were in the other games, but still three out of three puts them in a good position. You know, and and by contrast, Leash seemed to be really struggling. Like you know, that's that's a quarter final with a little bit of opportunity there. Yeah, that's for certain. And in fairness, as I said last week, you and Martin. He's doing good work with them lads and I suppose once they keep winning that's three wins on the bounce we know it might be against superior opposition and we know Dublin have a good minor team we know Kilkenny will always be strong as long as Wexford but in, in saying that um, it's great to get three uh, wins in a row it gives them a bit of confidence and even in a Connor Park class Wednesday night we didn't see the minor footballers and you know they have battled out well it looked at stages that Westmead might beat them you know but all these lads at under 17 they're very very young you know people think you know, it's amazing what's going through all them young lads' heads with modern society and different things. So it's great to get five wins out of five in the minor grade, both two in football and three in hurling at present. And uh, huge test coming up for the footballers now, death wins in Egan Dublin. But I was impressed with some of the players that are nice, like Rory Egan started very well at centre back. Morgan Tyne from Balnagar is a fine footballer midfield. And, you know, young Jack Bryant up front and Daniel Lowry and Aaron Keelan are good for. Jack Bryant is, you know, I think. He's just lacking that little bit of confidence when he's on a match situation. I think he's a fantastic future uh, if he can just get his confidence right and he looks dangerous. So things are looking up on the minor front, both hurling and football, and they're definitely holding their own in Leicester, that's for certain. Absolutely. Well, yeah, my, my, on the football matter, I mean, over the last few years, I've always said, to be fair to most Offaly minor football teams, and this one seems to be cut from the same cloth, they've tended to win most of the games that were there to win. Last year's game against Louds, definitely an exception that one was a disappointing one but other than that like they've come through the close games against teams that would be you know mid-ranking sides in Leinster so so far a win in Ockram is obviously excellent hey win over Westmead we'll always take that wherever it comes um, just, um, I suppose but not to go across again but we yeah. have to mention Sean O'Toole and goal like uh, his nickname is Chip which is he made fan- two fantastic saves in the football and Awfully started the other night, and you think after 15 minutes they were going to annihilate Westmead, but Westmead found their footing and they came back into it. Now, the little bit of worry, I suppose, the miners would have to would know that Mead bet Westmead well, and Mead bet Dublin the other night by two points, so it looks like Dublin and Mead are the strongest in this section. But it'll be a big test for Awfully Wednesday night, but they shouldn't have had to fear now. Uh, they should go out and give it a record rattle because they've done well already. Uh, and they'll definitely have one or two more winnable games in the group. But it just looks at the moment that Mead and Dublin seem to be the, the stronger in that group. Absolutely. But I suppose, look, all you can do is win the games that are there in front of you and see where they take you. So definitely wins to be a good one. And on a final note, because I'm running out of time here, footballers, senior footballers have to be very happy with that draw this morning. That's pretty much as good as you could have hoped for a home draw against Division 4 side. Yeah, well, look, we know Wicklow B is in the Championship and we know what happened after, and everyone knows that. But I suppose Antrim drew with, with Wicklow in the league, and you'd have to say this is a very good draw for Offaly, especially at home in O'Connor Park, whether it's Saturday week or Sunday week, we're not sure. But, you know, things, the reports so, so far from the new management have been excellent, you know. I suppose there's eight players back in Johnny Maloney, PJ Daly, James McPadden, Thomas Mooney, Joe Matter, Colin Dyle, Jamie Evans, uh, Owen Rigney's back. So. You know, they're, they're all of a sudden they're up to about 34 of a panel, 35. They played 15 aside games in O'Connor Park there in the last week. So mm. things look to be looking up. The panel seems to be stronger. Peter Cunningham and 
own car might feature or might get game time again Antrim but it's definitely in my opinion a winnable game and it's more than these players deserve because like the hurlers they've put in a huge effort from the world go since October so it would be nice to get a win uh, for these lads and it's, you never know who you might get in the next round but we were lucky we didn't draw Mayo maybe Tyrone Mead Kildare Cavan all these and I suppose if we had to beat Wicklow going back we would have been beaten by Dublin yesterday and then we'd have Cavan in the draw for the qualifier. So we might be a, a bit longer in the championship than we expected. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I think, look, I think that this team, they just they need to put a win together for their own confidence, for their own psychology. And certainly I think this was as good as they could have hoped for. I mean, that they're, Antrim, to be fair, I've always said Antrim have some extremely talented footballers. Like, if, they, if Antrim were able to get their best team on the field and get them in a reasonably cohesive fashion, I've no doubt for a second that they wouldn't be Division 4, they'd be strong Division 3 and possibly even Division 2. I mean, player for player, I'd definitely put them on a par with Carlo and we saw what they achieved. But having said that, they don't necessarily travel well. They have been known to tune out occasionally. I think this is an ideal opportunity. And I think these players need to win a game just to, you know, to, to prove something to themselves and also to the rest of the country that, OK, look, this wasn't just about... You know, this wasn't just about finding excuses for a team that's very, very poor. There were things going wrong, and we can be better than that. So they certainly won't get a better chance than this. And it'll be just—it'll be difficult for the management, you know, because we we know there's lads back since the new manager come in, and it'll be difficult to get the right balance. As we said, you don't want to annoy players that have been there the whole year. You know, we saw already that has happened once. So it'll be difficult for the boys. But in fairness. Uh, they'll they'll probably get the right mix on the day, and they'll probably introduce fellas then when they see. But the panel has gone a lot, a lot stronger now. All of a sudden, and you know, the armors and uppers for Offaly, but I definitely expect them to be Antrim in in the first round of the qualifiers. So uh, it looks a bit more optimistic than it, it ever did, anyway. Great stuff, Brian. As always, I am hugely grateful. I'm about to I'm about to hang up the phone and go watch some under twenty football. So uh, all I can say is thanks, thanks, again for, thanks again for your time, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, Kevin. More than welcome. All the best. And that's all she wrote for week 24. As always, it's been great having you on board. Thoroughly enjoy doing this, and I really hope you enjoy listening to it as well. Please be delighted if you could retweet you know favorite share do whatever it is you do but put the word out there it's great to have you on board whether obviously the majority of the audience is awfully people but even if you're not it's great to have you my name is kevin egan thanks for tuning in to episode 24 feel free to get in touch we are awfully on twitter we are awfully at gmail.com be delighted to hear from you and hopefully i'll talk to you again very very soon all the best